When Brad started, he said, it's good to be back in Australia. So I'll, I'll say the same thing. It's good to be back. Last Sunday when I went to church, it was minus 11 and snowing. I'm very happy to be here. I want to talk about a fresh look at your future. I don't know if you've thought about this lately, but God really is a dreamer. Think about it for just a moment. I mean, the fact that some of you are sitting here in church on a Sunday morning, clothed and mostly in your right mind, it's a bit of a a dream of God, because think of where some of you could have been. We're not going to spend much time on that. But when you think about God as a dreamer, He's got a dream for your life. He's got a dream for the church. He has a dream um, for your church. The difference between sometimes just potential or fantasy and actually fulfilling the dream is your responsibility, your discipline. As I travel around and listen to people about faith, one of the greatest confusions is what part am I responsible for and which part is God responsible for? And over the next three months, I, I want to help clarify a lot of that. This morning's text gives us just a few of those things. When I just started out in ministry, I was back in my 20s, I looked around and I discovered very quickly that God is looking for people and for places that He can bless and use. He's hoping that you're one of those. He's got this dream. We're going to talk a little later about how He has used you. But I'm just going to ask you this morning to buy into that dream of God. I want to speak to you briefly this morning from Joshua chapter 14. Just to give you a little bit of background on this one, it's one of the key leadership transitions in the Bible. Leadership transitions are always hard. Lots of times we liked it the way it was. We liked the people. We liked everything. Why do things have to change? But from God's perspective, sometimes He moves people. There's transitions take place. This is the transition from Moses, who had led the children of Israel out of slavery and into the beginning into the promised land. And it's one of those key transitions. Moses had mentored two younger leaders. We, on the uh, screen this morning, as part of uh, the overall life plan here, mentoring was mentioned. That mentoring is crucial to move leaders who are coming along, to move them to the next level and then the next and then the next. Here, Joshua and Caleb were mentored. They didn't know until the end which one was actually going to lead the people into the promised land. It happened to be Joshua. Caleb didn't sit back and go, why why didn't they pick me? But instead, he said, I still have this heart for God. I still want to realize the dream God put in my heart more than 40 years ago. So with that in mind, Caleb speaks to this. Beginning in verse 6 of Joshua chapter 14. If we're going to take a fresh look at your future, if you're going to become one of those kind of people and places that God can bless and use, then it's appropriate to just pause and observe where you have been, where you've come from. Pick it up in verse 6. Then the men of Judah approached Joshua the son at, at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jethuna, the Kenizzite, and said to him, You know what Moses said, or what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Canish Barnea, about you and about me. He said, I was 40 years old 
when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea out to explore the land, and I brought back a report according to my convictions, what I had seen. Anytime there's a dream, there's always idealism. Whether you're looking at um, your New Year's resolutions, whether you're looking at the next year, Brad's asked us to start there and look back, whether you're looking at the next stage of your life, no matter where you are, you're going, there's this idealism in a dream. But then there's the realities of the present that set in. It's never quite according to your dream. That's where some people give up. It's where some become critical of other people or cynical. It's sometimes where we go, why, why do I just never enjoy reality as much as my dream? Once in a while there's somebody who goes, I don't know what you're talking about. My, uh, my realities are always better than my dreams. Go, you don't live in reality though, do you? No. But the key is to just properly look at your situation and go, what is going on? Where's God in this? And what are the outcomes going to be? So let's realistically look at the available resources as you look at where you are right now. Caleb tells this account of how God had sent the twelve spies out to check out the land. And their view of God made such a difference. When uh, children are at church, I saw them out there playing when they came in, and we've been doing some teaching as well. And we always make it a very simple thing. They sent 12 spies out to look at the land. Two had faith, and ten were afraid. That's true, but it's not quite that simple. Because, see, they all went out, and they all saw the same things. They saw this amazing land. It was beautiful. I mean, it wasn't quite Western Australia, but it was good. Uh, probably a little greener. Um, and they had this great place, but there were these giants in the land and these big fortified cities, and the people looked kind of intimidating. They all saw the same thing. But ten came back, and when he told the story, they just painted God really small over in the corner. But Caleb and Joshua painted the exact same picture, except God was right in the middle. It makes such a different picture where you put God in it. It can be the exact same circumstances. Where God is in your picture makes a complete difference of the outcomes. Your view of God will make a huge difference in your future. And then it becomes your ability to trust and believe Him. Because the promises of God are the same for almost everyone. It's just some people seem to have this ability to grab hold and go, I'm going to trust God to go to that next level, and then the next, and then the next, and the next. Over the next few months, you'll get to know Diana and myself a bit. You'll figure out that we're not really amazing people at all. And we have found it very fascinating over the years that people have actually been very direct with us and said, why has God chosen to use you guys? Like it's a surprise to them. And I said, we're a little surprised at this too. But there's two things. One from God's side, it just seems to be His will. The second one is, of all the people we have known, we're, we're one of the few who've never put limitations on God. So God, we won't go there. God, that, that's not enough money. Or please don't ask us to do that. We've just never done that. We decided a long time ago to be those kind of people who never put limitations on God. And the outcomes are dramatically different from people that we knew who were much more talented, much more gifted, much more lots of things. 
So it's your ability to believe and trust God for that next level. And then your ability to actually follow through and deliver. Before we move on, though, I want to just take you back for just a minute. It's time to explore some unfulfilled passions. I don't care how long you have been a follower of Christ, whether it's just a matter of a few months or whether it's been more than 40 years. Sometime in your life, most all of you have said to God, God, I can't wait till I can do this. God, I, I dream of the day when you'll use me to, to do this. I want to say to you that this is your day. This is your time. There's not another one coming. It's not you need to know more or study more or be better or do something. This is your time. And so don't wait for something else. God's not waiting for some bigger or deeper or better commitment someplace. He just wants you. And He wants you to follow through and deliver and be one of those kind of people He can bless and use. So what's it take to be that? The text picks it up again in verse. And nine. Caleb says, I brought back the report according to what all that was in my heart. My brothers, however, who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. But I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on the day when Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. It's true. Because you have followed the Lord your God wholeheartedly. You see, in this leadership transition, there's these descriptors about uh, the three key leaders. If we go back to the end of Deuteronomy, it says of Moses, he was a man whom the Lord knew face to face. That was a descriptor of his character. It says of Joshua, he was a man in whom was the Spirit. Qualified a couple places, he had a spirit of wisdom. It is said of Caleb, he had a different spirit. Because he was one of those willing to follow God wholeheartedly all of his days. Someday people are going to tell stories about you. What are they going to say about your spirit? She was an amazing woman of faith. When you were around her, you knew she knew God. He was just one of those guys. When you were around him, you just sensed the love of God. You just knew that. There will be descriptors. They may not say it to you. They will clearly say it about you. You decide what, they, what they're going to say in the kind of spirit you have. Caleb had this great when he followed the Lord fully all of his days. So that the parts of his life matched. He wasn't one way at work, one way at home, one way at church. One way with the blows, one way someplace else. They all came together in one person. The key to following the Lord you got wholeheartedly is that you develop the heart and character so that it matches that dream and vision and passion. Let's take this and wrap it up. As we look of, take a fresh look at your future, we discover the ways that you can be one of those kind of people and places that God will bless and use. And this wraps up. Feel, realize how to fulfill your dream. Let's pick up the storyline. It's great how this passage wraps up. Beginning in verse 10, Caleb says, Now then, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time 
he said to Moses, said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert. So then here I am today, 85 years old. And I'm still as strong today as that day that Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go into battle as I was then. I always love it when old guys think they still have it. (laughs) In their mind, they're still amazing. I think I like it because I'm becoming one of those. It means a lot to me now. But it's fun to watch those people. Because they don't just tell stories of what they used to be like. They don't just tell stories of when they were young. They've still got that same heart and passion. They've still got that same drive. They've still got that same spirit. When you're around them, it's infectious. It catches on. You want to be around those kind of people. He's not like an old athlete giving himself the talk. Back in my day, as a matter of fact, I still have it. In in your mind, you do. You're a little slower. You make a lot less money. uh, Sign a lot less autographs. It's not that. This is not a self-pep talk. This is, I have followed God all of my days. The other people could have robbed me. Forty-five years he didn't get to see his dream. But he wasn't blaming the people. He was saying, yeah, it's been 45 years, but I still got it. I still got the dream. I've still got the passion. I've still got the strength. I've still got it. It's the heart of the warrior. He still had it. And he wanted to deliver. So he was able to overcome those distractions, the annoying people around him. He was able to overcome that. He was able to keep his spirit sharp and fresh and not lose heart. And then to deliver. Look at how verse 12 wraps this up. I'm just as vigorous as I was to go out to battle then, now as then. Now, you see those mountains? Those were promised to me 45 years ago. The Lord promised me on that day. You yourselves heard that the giants, the Amalekites, are there. Their cities are strong and fortified. Remember I said you've got to notice which part you're responsible for and which part God's responsible for. He clarifies it right here. He said, but God helping me, I will drive them out. Please capture that last phrase. Just as he said. You see, God's strength is amazing. God's power, his ability to do incredible things is ever present. He just needs you. He just needs you to have that kind of spirit that doesn't make excuses, that doesn't blame other people. That doesn't say, if only I was younger, or if only I was smarter, or if only I was something else. He just needs you. And He's looking. He's looking for people and places that He can bless and use. And my sense is, He wants you, and you, and you, and you, to be those people. And He wants Whitford Church to be one of those places. And God helping us, we will deliver just as he said. Pray with me, please. Spirit of God, we're going to ask you today to come in a unique way and remind people who are sitting here 
of some earlier things that were said to you. God, someday could I please do this? God, could you ever use me like this? God, someday, someday please, could this happen? Spirit today, just speak. Whether you have to shout or whether it can simply be a whisper. But say to my friends here, it's today. This is your day. And I'm calling in that dream, that commitment. That thing you said you wanted, it's your time to deliver. And I will give you strength if you'll take the steps. Lord, collectively as a church, we look forward to what you're going to do here. Between now and Easter, can there be dozens, even hundreds of people's lives changed? We know it's what you want. Can we be a kind of place where it happens? Please, may it be so in Christ's name. Amen.